Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word that we meditate on this morning is our lesson from Ephesians at the end of chapter 4 and beginning of chapter 5. Paul writes, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of the Lord. So we're about halfway through this sermon series on the book of Ephesians called Identity. And just to, to, because it's been, this is the fifth week already, just to recap where we've been, in case you haven't been here every week, or I know you forget, in the first week we saw that we are chosen. We are chosen from eternity to be very, God's very own. Before he even said, let there be light, he already knew you. And he knew you'd be born, and he knew you'd bring you to faith, and he knew that you'd be in heaven with him someday. Wow, what a joy that we are chosen by God from eternity. In the second week, we saw that we're at peace with God. He's removed the dividing wall of hostility between us and him. There's no barrier between us and, and God right now, and that means that there's no barriers between us either. We're at peace with God, and we're at peace with each other. In the third week, we saw that we're equipped God equips us. He comes to us through his means of grace, and he gives us exactly what we need to live the life that he's called us to live. And last week, you got to hear about how we, you are made into something new. That the old has gone, the new has come in Christ Jesus. That sinful nature has been put to death, and we rise in Christ Jesus to be something new, with a new purpose, new joy, a new reason to live in this world. So far, in the first four weeks, all of this is what God has done for us. You do nothing. God chooses you. God brings you to peace with him. God equips you. God makes you into something new. You are just passive. You just receive. It's all grace from start to finish. It's all God's doing. This is what your identity is, what God has declared you to be in Christ Jesus. Not what you do or don't do. Not what your life consists of or doesn't consist of. Your identity is in Christ. That's all the work of God. Today's lesson sounds a bit different. Because in here, there's something you've got to do. It talks about things that you need to get rid of in your life as a child of God. There's things that you need to do to, to show that you are a child of God. Listen again to the middle verses of our, of our lesson today. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Instead, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. You catch that list? This list of things that you are to get rid of in your life as a child of God? There is to be no bitterness in your life. No anger. No rage, no slander, no brawling, no malice. There's to be none of these things in your life as a child of God. Get rid of all of them. 
Not just some of them. Not just the ones you enjoy. All of them. Get rid of them. And now maybe you'll see this list and say, well, it's, it's not those big bad sins we think about, right? It's not talking about murdering or committing adultery or stealing something. But this drives the point even farther. That it isn't those big bad sins that we think of. These are all sins of the heart. Sins that start right here. Sins that when they manifest themselves in words and actions lead to what we think of as the bigger, badder sins. God says get rid of these. These do not belong in the heart or the life or the mouth or the mind of a Christian. As a child of God, get rid of them. And instead of these things, be kind. Instead of those things, be compassionate. And not just when you think you have time to do it, but all of the time. To show kindness and compassion to anyone who's in need at any time. And then he says, forgive each other. And, and not just when you think forgiveness is earned or deserved. And not just a, a, a limited forgiveness. Well, I forgave you that time. I can't forgive you again. He says, forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. And how did God forgive you in Christ? Unconditionally. No strings attached. Not something you earn or deserve. Freely and fully given over and over and over. Just as God has forgiven you, you, Christian, are called to forgive others. Everyone else. When you look at this list of things that we're called to do, this list of things we're called to, to think, how do you do? He goes on and says, Follow God's example. God is kind, God is compassionate, God is forgiving. Follow his example. Be godly. Be like God. And walk in the way of love, he says. The life of a Christian is to be one of walking in the way of love. And you know what love is? We use that word a lot. But the biblical definition of love, the word that is used here, love means to put God first, every other person second, and you a distant third. How does that look? In your heart in your words, in your deeds? Are you walking in the way of love? If you're like every other human being, and you look at this list of things God tells you to get rid of and these things you should do instead, you have to readily admit it. Uh, how often don't I walk in the way of love, but I walk in the way of selfishness. What's best for me? How is this going to benefit me? It's not lived in love. It's lived in selfishness. And this is not what the child of God is to look like and to be like, to even think, much less say and do. And that's why the last verse of this lesson is so important. Because you could walk away from this and say, wow, <laughs> I don't walk in the way of love. Am I even a child of God? Who am I, really, then? What is my identity if, if this is what I do and what I don't do? 
I do the opposite of what God tells me to do. I do the things he tells me not to do. That's why this last verse is so important. Listen again. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Friends, this is where your true identity is found. This is, this is why God says that you are his in Christ Jesus. You, who by nature are unlovable, should be unlovable. God says that Christ loved you first. That in his love for you, he walked the way of love all the way from heaven to this earth. As he took on flesh and walked through his entire earthly life in perfect selfless love. God first, everyone else second, and himself a distant third. Always putting the will of the Father first. Always putting the needs of others first. A life of complete kindness and compassion and forgiveness. All the way to the end as they're crucifying him. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And why does Jesus do this? Why does he walk in the way of love for you? Not to just show you how to do it. Not just to be this example for you to follow so that you can know how to walk in the way of love. Look, be like Jesus. No. First and foremost, because you can't. Because you don't. This Jesus lived that perfect life of love for you. And that way of love led him all the way to a cross to take your punishment that you deserved upon himself so that he could redeem you, so that he could free you from the slavery to sin, so he could free you from the fear of death, so he could free you from the tyranny of the devil, and so that you could know what real love really looks like. If you want to know what love is, look at the cross. Look at the innocent dying for the guilty. Look at God himself in flesh taking your punishment so that you can be set free. There he offers himself up. He gives himself up, Paul says, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God for you. If you're in our Leviticus class on, on Wednesdays, we're, we're going through you know, that book of Leviticus, and there's a lot of blood, and there's a lot of sacrifices, there's a lot of death. And you know that every single one of those sacrifices that is brought to that tabernacle to be offered doesn't go willingly. It's trying to escape. It's crying out. It's trying to escape the knife. But not Jesus. He willingly gave up himself, willingly goes into the fire and gives up his life to be that fragrant offering and sacrifice to God for you and for your sins. He presents himself to God as your atoning sacrifice. Set free. Forgiven. It's finished. The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, laying down his life for you. So that you can know what love is. So you can experience the love of God in all of its beauty. And you can be set free to know that love and live in that love.
because it's only here that we begin to know what a Christ-like life looks like. It's only here that we understand what real love really looks like. It's only here that we have the motivation and the desire and the ability to walk in the way of love, to get rid of all these sins, to see them nailed at the cross, all of my bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander and malice and selfishness, it's, it's nailed at a cross. And now, knowing the kindness and the compassion and the forgiveness of my God for me, experiencing it firsthand, seeing it at the cross, knowing it through these means of grace, I can't help but want to live in kindness and compassion, forgiving just as I have been forgiven, to be like God. That is my life's desire. As a dearly loved child of God, as Paul says that you are, to follow God's example, to be godly, to be like him, to walk in the way of love and make his love known. Friends, it's only when you know that love and that compassion and that kindness God has shown you first that you can even begin to be able to show that and walk in that in this world. And God wants you to know his love more and more and more. God wants you to experience his kindness and his compassion more and more. He wants that desire in your heart to grow, to walk in the way of his love. But it's more than just words. It's more than just sitting here and saying, yeah, that sounds pretty good. That sounds like something I should probably do sometime. No, for a child of God, dearly loved, purchased and redeemed with that innocent blood of Christ, it translates into action. That it's not just I want to forgive people more. No, it's I forgive. Period. It's not I should be more kind and compassionate. No, it is I long to be kind and compassion, compassionate as God has been kind and compassionate to me. It's not I know I should put others before myself. No, it's I do put others before myself because of how God has put me before himself. He wants you to know that love more and more. He wants you to walk in the way of his love, that unconditional, no strings attached, full and free love in Christ Jesus, to know that love, experience that love, and then to let that love overflow into your life. And he even gives you the way to have that. You see, this is all God's doing, just like everything else we've talked about in this sermon series. Your identity is not found in, in how you go and get rid of bitterness and how you go and be more compassionate or how you go and be more loving. No, it's in God, in his promises, through the gospel. He gives you his forgiveness and his love so that you can know it and live it. And that's why Paul says right at the beginning, why it's so important. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Dear friends, your, your, your day of redemption is sealed. Eternal life is won for you. It's done. There's nothing you've got to do to get it. It's a free gift through faith, through the work of Christ Jesus. That Holy Spirit has brought you to faith, kept you in that faith, and you are sealed until the day of redemption. But you're not there yet. You're not in heaven yet. 
which means you have a life to live here, a life walking in the way of love. And he says, so don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? What does that look like in life? It's when we have opportunities to connect to these means of grace and we don't take advantage of them. When sleeping, isn't more, sleeping in is more important than getting up and doing a devotion or going to a Bible class. When we don't take the sacrament as regularly as we know we should. When I don't take this time in God's house seriously, that God is coming and the Holy Spirit is working on my heart. It's just something I come and do and go on with the rest of my week. We grieve the Holy Spirit when these words, we listen to them, but they go in one ear and right out the other. This is where God strengthens us in his love. This is where we are reminded of the great and full and free forgiveness that we have, that we want to go and share with others. This is where we experience the kindness and the compassion of our God that we long to show to everyone in our life. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Let him work on your heart over and over and over so that you may know his love. Let him empower you with that love that has been shown to you in Christ Jesus. To know that love and to live in that love. God says he's going to do it. And God always keeps his promises. God says he's going to continue to fill you with his love. Through these means of grace that you come and enjoy here, you taste and touch the love of God so that you can know that love and go and walk in the way of that love. Friends, that is who you are. You are a dearly loved child of God. And with him, we get to go and walk in that love and make that love known. God grant it to us. Amen. Please stand.